And now, Ravage Love. October. Hi, Julie. Ooh, hello. It's Bully to you, Renee. I know. Do you like that? That I, I switched your name today on our audio recording? <laughs> sure did. It was like, hey, Bully, do you want to record with Renee? I was like, all day, every day. Yes. Yes. It is our October, and we are having a real hoot this month, reading some wacky Halloween-based erotica. Yeah. It's been great. Are you feeling spooky? Are you feeling sexy? I'm feeling sexy and I'm feeling spooky. And this week I'm feeling gay because my book was <laughs> gay as hell. And nice. I didn't I didn't realize it until I started reading it. I didn't pick it because it was gay. I picked it because the cover and the title were just absolutely delicious. <laughs> uh, so it was a real nice little treat when I started reading it. And I was like, OK, <laughs> <laughs> that's always fun. It is. It's always like a nice little treat when you find little, out. That... Little cherry on top. Hell yeah. Uh, but this week, not only would I did I go on the hunt for a uh, spooky erotica novel for our podcast, but I also stumbled upon some romance news. It's not really news, <gasps> but something super cool. Yeah. Do you want to hear about oh it? God. I want to hear everything about it. Hit me. Okay. So I was listening to another podcast, which I don't usually actually do. Um... I don't usually listen to like self-helpy type stuff, but it was um, it was about masculinity, and I find that as a feminist, I find masculinity an infinitely fascinating subject. And mm -hmm. it was an interview with uh, a guy named Jason Rogers, who is an author uh, and an Olympian. Oh, who, yeah, who started something called the Bromantics Book Club. Oh, oh tell me everything. So he read a book called The Bromance Book Club by Lissa K. Adams, which um, was pretty popular when it came out. It's fairly new. Uh, and in the book, the book is about a group of male professional athletes who read romance novels to improve their own relationships. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. So I highly recommend folks go and check out The Bromance Book Club by Liz Lissa K. Adams. Uh, I haven't read it, but it looks truly delightful. So he read this book. And then he found out a statistic that is news to me, which is that one in five romance readers are men. Oh. Isn't that interesting? I wouldn't have thought. Is there a statistic to say what they're reading? No. And it doesn't say if they're straight men, queer men, you know, right. any of that. But it is really interesting to know yeah. that so he was like okay i come from the world of sports which is like hyper hyper masculinity machismo mm -hmm. and i think masculinity is fascinating i'm seen as like a super alpha manly man and so i want to get other men to start thinking about this and start talking about relationships and their their connections to relationships sex and sexuality and in particular how for men, we're sort of raised to believe that like the climax of a relationship is like quite literally when you're climaxing in that relationship. And yet, <laughs> and yet in reading these romance novels that are largely written by women, we can see that women generally, obviously there are a thousand exceptions, but generally that's not the kind of peak of the story for them. It's when there's a connection made between the people, even if it's in a casual way. And so using that as kind of a way to talk to men about connection and what it means to be in relationships, it looks super interesting. And so he started a book club for 
bromance, like men to read romance, romance novels, and has a whole thing up on his website. So if you go to bromanticsbookclub.com, has a whole starter kit for you to start your own chapter. Um, if you want to get involved. So if you get a romance starter kit, you can get an intro to the romance genre, kind of some things to keep in mind, eight tips for starting your own book club, some recommendations uh, from an award-winning librarian, a dude, uh, and then every month you get suggestions for books that you should read. And it's all about Aww. getting men together to talk about masculinity through romance. Isn't that amazing? I love that. And, you know, the first thing, it's not a bad idea to read romance to spice up your relationship. Not a bad idea at all. But like, it, we should have an episode with a dude. We should get a dude on here who reads the same book as us and we get some feedback because I, I this is so fascinating to me and I'm really here for it. Oh, same, same. And what I found really interesting um, and clearly, you know, I'm having done this podcast now for as many months as we have, being kind of embedded in the world, what Jason, the founder of it, really nailed the head on for me was like talking about how he is seen as the alpha. And in romance novels, there's always like this focus on like the alpha, the alpha. And he's like, I am an alpha. Like I'm a straight white dude who like comes from the sports world, grew up like a jock. I am the alpha. And yet I'm reading this with like a lens on vulnerability and like tenderness. And how do you connect with people? Even if the whole point of the interaction is to just like get down and dirty, you can still be caring and like do aftercare and all of this kind of stuff, which is so lovely. So Aww. yeah, if you are a dude listening to us, and I know there are actually lots of men who listen to the show, um, which we love. Uh, okay. Yeah. Bromanticsbookclub.com. Check it out. I think it would be so interesting to see more chapters of these pop up. I don't know any of them. And I know lots of men who do work on, on men and masculinity. So I, I'm putting the challenge out to you. Um, but if nothing else, start by reading The Bromance Book Club by Lissa K. Adams, because the whole premise of the book is a group of alpha males reading romance on the premise of like getting better at finding chicks, but then actually realizing like, oh, I should talk about why I have no vulnerability with my relationships with other men and how I dump all of my emotional labor onto women and all of these kinds of complex issues that frankly, feminist ladies are tired of talking about. So men, this is your chance to pick up some of the work. Oh, that was lovely news. Right? So cool. So Jason Rogers, uh, go and look him up if you're interested in that work. Um, that was something I stumbled upon this week, which was a great little treat. But to pivot away from <laughs> books that talk about <laughs> meaning, meaningful relationship building, can I tell you about the gay-ass book I read this <laughs> week? Please. <sighs> okay. <clears throat> it's called The Halloween Hunt. Ooh. by Missy Lyons. Yeah, and the cover has uh, a very jacked man laying in bed with a sheet just like barely covering his bits. So, I mean, that could have been an indication that it was gay, but that's very interesting to me that I was like, okay. And then other people would read that and be like, okay, sir. So, <laughs> <laughs> Missy Lyons writes erotic romances for smart, sassy women, hers, her words. Uh, she lives in Tennessee, so she's based out of the U.S. And by her own admission, she is an obsessive Star Wars geek. Oh. Fun little fact. And again, her own words, she's obsessed with drop-dead gorgeous alpha men <laughs> and loves all things dragons and aliens. 
So this book was written in 2012. I got it off of Kobo. It's very short. It was like less than 40 pages. Um, so you really hit the ground running. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> we've got Bradley Cook, who is a gay Belgian hair shifter. So he's a gay rabbit. Okay, Renee? Oh. He's a gay rabbit. Um, like Harvey? Like what? Like Harvey? Do you remember that movie, Harvey? Oh. Oh, it's like this guy has an imaginary friend that's a giant rabbit. Oh. I was like, are you talking about Donnie Darko? <laughs> no. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. This kid, you're like, he has a rabbit and it's an imaginary friend of Mike Chilling. <laughs> no, Harvey is before. It's before that and it's not dark. And the people who love Harvey are not the same people that love Danny Darko, but that's another episode. <laughs> yeah. Tip for us uh, elder millennial women to all of you: Do not fuck a man whose favorite movie is Donnie Darko. We all learned that in the nineties, and we or suffer. Fight Club. Oh, fight Club. Donnie Darko. All part Pulp Fiction. I'm like, kick his ass to the curb. Okay, so gay buddy. We're starting with a gay rabbit. Yes. <laughs> his name is Bradley Cook, and his he lives with his stepdad and his mom, and his stepdad is a wolf shifter. So he okay. married into her and his mom is a, is a rabbit, which is why he's also a rabbit. And so his stepdad, you know, comes into his life and he's a wolf shifter. So he basically already hates Bradley from the jump because he's both gay and prey. <laughs> like he's like, so I have to live with a dude who I want to eat um, because <laughs> I am a wolf and I hate that. And therefore, like all of these assumptions that Bradley is like effeminate and weak, not necessarily because he's gay, but because he's a rabbit and rabbits their defense is that they run away from conflict they're not fighters they run really fast away so he's kind of like you're a coward and a loser and an embarrassment to this family so poor bradley feels that you know he's uh he's a meek rabbit in a wolf world you know and uh bradley's stepdad tells him pack your shit we're going on a hunt and bradley's like uh usually i get to stay behind for those because i'm clearly not a hunter i'm more of prey uh but in this case the stepdad's like nope the wolf pack leader has insisted that every shifter in the family has to attend because it's both halloween and a full moon mm. so we're on the hunt now Bradley's like, uh, you're literally kind of feeding me to the wolves at this point. So they're like, okay, well, to hide the fact that you're a rabbit and try to get like sneaky when you arrive, um, you know, you'll pretend everything is cool. You'll say hi to everyone, come to the feast, and then you'll just pretend that you got sick from the feast and go hide in your cabin until the hunt is over. But so basically, <laughs> like, Bradley's not buying it. Bradley's like, I don't believe this is going to work, but okay. So basically, the whole game plan is. Don't be suspicious, which then, of course, got me to don't be suspicious. Don't, don't be suspicious. Be suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Uh, so Bradley's nervous because he is like, uh, people are going to sniff me out because not only am I a rabbit, but I'm a what? But I'm a what? Virgin. Oh, and so he's, then a virgin. <laughs> he's a virgin. So then you figure out this hunt is more than just hunting for prey we gon' fuck because they're shifters so anyways he shows up 
And he right away gets sniffed out by a bunch of teenagers who are wolves who start physically like a beating on him and being like, oh, we're gonna get you. And then all of a sudden in comes in Cooper. Cooper is an alpha wolf who's excited for the hunt because he wants to choose his mate. And he really hates the way that the hunt is really framed as this like bro-y alpha machismo thing about conquering. He just really wants to connect with another mate. So he's also a sensitive boy. He should join the uh, romantics. Oh my god, they should. Right? <laughs> they should. They should totally read about bromances. Start a book club with like the other wolves. <laughs> and they'll be like, we can hang out without attacking each other. What's your excuse, you boys? Like, so, hug it out. <laughs> just hug it out slash fuck because what you discover very quickly is that part of why cooper comes to the defense of bradley so cooper shows up sees these wolves beating on this guy and they're like he's like leave them alone and then he's like oh shit bradley's cute so then you find out cooper is also gay and so he saves him and they literally hop on his motorcycle <laughs> And drive away to safety. And when they oh do, God. they start kind of chatting. And that's when you learn that Cooper is not only hot to trot, but also he's the son of the wolf pack leader. So he feels his own pressure to be, you know, the alpha male. But he's like, I'm not, I'm just more of like a softie. And so I feel like I'm stuck in my dad's shadow. So they really connect around that. And... You know, Cooper really wants to meet someone special, but his dad is all about like, doesn't matter, get in there, bang it in, bang it out, and just like really like just <laughs> alpha broy disgusting. Um, and so they really start connecting and they end up going to a little like roadside diner uh to get lunch. I love the detail that Bradley, who is again a gay rabbit, um <laughs> They, I love that they go out of their way to say that he ordered the vegan option. <laughs> oh, he's your boy. <laughs> like, yes, Bradley, are you a soy boy? Because I love it. <laughs> soy boy. <laughs> so then they start, like, kind of flirting. And again, I don't know how they flag to each other. Probably that they're both just like, I love, you know, hunting is not really for me. Uh, but basically, Cooper, who has more experience, um, is like, I'm down to fuck. You're hot. Let's just do this. Uh, and then they kiss really like cutely at the little diner. And then they go off to this barn because Bradley's like, hey, but we can't go back to the ranch where we just were. Like everyone's going to kick my ass again. And he's like, no, no, I have a little hideaway. So he has a little like shagging cabin in the woods. They go there. They fuck. They fuck hard. <laughs> they fuck multiple times. They get down. Um, and then they're like, let's go a third time. But then they're like, no, we have to go back to the ranch for the feast that happens before the hunt. And then people are going to know we're gone and it's going to be a whole thing. And Bradley's like, but I'm scared. Everyone's going to attack me when I arrive. And Cooper's like, we are mates now. Nobody will hunt you. And Aww. it ends. Aww. Yes. So similar to the books I've read for most of our October, this book is 90% fucking with yeah. some sort of loose storyline before and after. Um, in terms of genital descriptions, we're pretty, I mean, we only really got into cock and dick, but there's like full blown. I mean, there's fucking, there's eating of ass, there's BJs, there's all kinds of combinations of things that go down. Um, writing was okay. 
Um, interesting that a straight woman wrote it. So I would love to hear uh, any queer men would read it and let us let me know what you thought of it. But it uh, seemed to be like a r- very consensual, like explicit consent, explicit conversation of boundaries, which I really appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like a cute little... I mean, she said cute because it was filthy, but it was bookended by cute um, little, you know, love. Uh, In terms of spice factor, I'm going to give it five out of five spicy eggplant sandwiches. (laughs) You would. (laughs) Because it was spicy. Like, it was very spicy. And not... um, yeah, it just, and like, the dialogue while they were fucking wasn't weird. Like, oh, fuck. Oh, shit. Like, that Kirby for the Zombies book I read where, like, it was just so distracting by, like, her <laughs> terrible um, responses. Uh, this felt like genuine enthusiasm. It was consensual. Um, and then there was, like, some little pretty happily ever after at the end. So five out of five spicy eggplant sandwiches, which is something that I do believe Bradley would order, um, for The Halloween Hunt by Missy Lyons. Wonderful. That was lovely. I was so happy. Right? Right? You know, as you and I have discussed this several times, although our Shifter episode is one of our most popular ones, you and I both hate Shifter stories. So when I realized it was was a Shifter story, I was like, fuck me, this is going to be so (laughs) annoying. But no, I don't know if it's because it was gay. I don't know if it's because Missy Lyons just found a way to make it endearing, but it worked for me. I love that. Thank you. Now tell us what you... Thank you. Tell us what you read. Without giving away the title of my book right off the bat, um, my story is written by someone called Bitch Williams. Oh! Yeah, Bitch with a Y. Um, and it's part of the Banged by Famous uh, Monsters collection, book one. So there is more than one book. It was written in 2013 and published by Hot Rocks Horotica, which I was like, oh, that's better than Iraqtober, but whatever. Um <laughs> So here's the thing is that it it's supposed to be about famous monsters and the other ones are all cryptids and like a cryptid is like Bigfoot, right? Or mm-hmm. whatever. My book is about Slenderman oh, and Slenderman is not a cryptid. He, he's from a creepypasta. He was invented. He was invented. So he's not real like the Mothman or Donald Trump. Like he's he's not a real monster. Um he's also not a famous monster because like I couldn't see him doing the monster mash. You know, like he's not a real monster. He was invented by bros on the internet. However, my book Savaged by Slenderman opens with uh Vanessa Edgington. And Vanessa is on her way to meet her semi-girlfriend. And she calls her her semi-girlfriend because they really just fuck all the time. Now, her semi-girlfriend, Molly, um, has um, a real good pussy. You know, I think they both have good pussies. Um, But after they bang, Molly's like, oh, hey, so this really weird thing happened to me. Um, this weird man just like came over to my house and I didn't let him in because it was really weird, but you know, that happened. And she's like, did you call the cops? Like what, what do you, why, what do you think this was? And she's like, oh, well I was Googling Slenderman. And did you know, like you can summon Slenderman? And she's like, no, that, that can't be a real thing. And she's like, no, 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 it's true. I think that was one of his proxies. Now, if you're unfamiliar with Slenderman lore, 
Um, a proxy would be like somebody that follows Slenderman or, you know, um, lives in Slenderman's big mansion in the woods. Um, there's a lot of different ways to become a proxy, but according to this story, you gotta fuck Slenderman. Whoa! Yeah, so, um, Vanessa's back at her home and she receives this frantic phone call from Molly saying, Whatever you do, don't open the door. Um, I don't know where I am. I'm in some sort of bunker. Um, it's fucked up. Slenderman has me like, don't open your door, whatever you do. And Vanessa's like, all right. And so Vanessa decides, no, I gotta get Molly back. Like she's a good lay, um, pussy bopping. So she, I guess if you write about Slenderman, he'll show up. So she starts to write, she writes this title for this book called How I Found Slender Man. And then out of nowhere, a hand comes out onto her shoulder and she's like, oh my God. But it's not Slender Man. It's the same gross old man that showed up at Vanessa's house. And he's like, oh, were you trying to summon Slender Man? Well, I'm his proxy and I'm here to figure out if you're actually worthy of Slender Man. So we gonna fuck. So she has sex with this gross old man. It's very it's rape like he rapes her um even though like she loves it um and then first for this this book was a a book of firsts for our show um she got a cum shot to the face from this guy um so first like facial mm-hmm. for us yeah um so that happens and he realizes you know that was pretty good uh, i think you're i think you're worthy of slender man bye and he just disappears and then Vanessa's like, she can sense something in the room. She's not quite, she, she knows he's there, but she can't see him. But that's because he's like 10 feet tall. Um, so she notices his legs and she's like, oh shit, there's Slenderman. Um, and Slenderman has no face. He wears a suit. He also wears briefs, I found out. So Vanessa's like, well, I guess we gotta get this over with. Like, like, like no big deal. She's like, I better, I'm going to fuck this guy, get my friend back. Ain't no thing. So she and Slenderman start to fuck. And Slenderman is slender. That's the first <laughs> thing. Um, in every respect. Uh, Does he have a skinny dick? Is that what you're skinny saying? Skinny dick. Yeah, skinny oh. dick, skinny fingers. Um, everything in him is like white and freezing cold. Um, he face fucks her. Um, and she's like really into it. And, uh, then he flips over and starts fucking her asshole. And she's like, but his dick is so big and cold. Um, but again, she loves it, but she was, she was a bum virgin. So Mm. as lesbians often are, um, you know, in our, in our readings. Um, and another first for us, Julie, um, is there's ass to mouth in this book? Oh, oh, like, like, yeah. I mean, mine had ass to mouth. Remember my pumpkin, my, my headless. Well, like, but this is like dick and ass to mouth. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. No, no, no. no. Yeah. And it, it goes so far as Vanessa's like, she mentions how she can like taste herself on his dick. Mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, so there's a little scat, a little scat man in this in the Slender Man story. Um, still, though, she's like loving it. She's like, I love being humiliated. 
Um, and then, so Slenderman can't talk, but he starts like making this otherworldly screech um, when he's about to come. So he, I don't know. In my head, I was was I was like like a pterodactyl. Like is he like ah, or is he like ee? like what does it sound like? I don't know. Um, but he's really digging the head, and then he he's he's squealing, and then he flips over and continues to like pound her butthole screaming the whole time and she's like give it to me slender daddy um and then he i guess he like pulls out and comes all over her but like he comes for a really long time like a really long time um and so something really funny happens in that scene and the book was scary julie it was actually scary (laughs) until this funny thing happened which i'm going to read um because I can't give it away here. Um, but then she has to like quickly get a towel because she's just dripping in cum. Like just soaked in Slenderman cum. Um, and she's like, that was really great. And then she turns around, he's gone. And then she hears some banging in her closet and it's Molly. Molly's come back. She, she Molly, hooray, she did it. She saved Molly. Um, and she's like, oh my God. And then Molly's like, I know, right? And it turns out they both fucked Slenderman and they both loved it. And it ends up like pretty sure we're his proxies now. Dun, 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 dun. And then they fuck. And like, that's, that's the book. Um, I, I don't know what now, you know, you know um, that I know a lot about Slenderman lore because of my son. My son mm-hmm. has been a Slenderman fan um, for many, many years now. And um, I know a lot about Slenderman. Now, one thing I was disappointed in was that Slenderman has tentacles. Didn't use them once. Didn't use them once, mm-hmm. which is a waste to me. Um, I was delighted to learn that he wears little like briefs. Like that's fun. Yeah. Tidy whities under Slenderman, like unnecessary. Um, but there they are. Uh, and uh, like. Her enjoyment of the rapey scenes kind of made it hot. But uh, the fact that she, like, fucked a greasy old man and then a monster, um, Mm -hmm. like, one out of five uh, deep fried bananas, like, it was bad. It was bad. Um, very upsetting. <laughs> it was an yeah. upsetting read. Um, I don't even know what else to say, except that um, I'm disappointed that Bitch Williams tried to lump Slenderman in with cryptids. That's my first thing. Because you know I love a good cryptid. Of course. And also, you know more about Slenderman than the average person. So you... I do. Like, yeah, you were you were owed more, Renee. It really was. I was. Now, I, I was I was tickled by the fact that she was just covered in so much cum. Like in my mind, she just looked like a like a like a person in a sheet, like a ghost, but it was cum. Um, and I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, when you said yeah. it, I just I pictured. Um, I'm sure the filthiest of our listeners will picture like some sort of intense bukkake situation, but I mm-hmm. literally just pictured like when they get slimed on like Nickelodeon. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, 
I don't know what else to say. I read Savage by Slender Man by Bitch Williams. It's part of the Banged by Famous Monsters book, and I will die on the hill that he is not a famous monster because he Frankenstein and Dracula and Wolfman and Swamp Thing um, are better than the Slender Man. Like they are too good for Slender Man. <laughs> too good to be in the same category for sure. 100% and um, not a real cryptid. So, um, so now- I don't ever want to read another uh, creepy pasta romance again. Because cre- <laughs> creepy pasta is a Reddit thing. Um, Reddit is too close to 4chan and creepy pastas are just inappropriate. Inappropriate. I agree. So now I'm dying to know what the hell are you possibly going to read for yeah. us? I'm going to read the one funny scene. And I want to preface this with like, the book is scary. I was scared of this story. And then they sprinkled this in. And I was like, what? And you will be too. Okay. So. I felt it as the dam broke, a hot gushing load that seemed to keep coming and coming. It dripped down my butt crack and slid down my lips. It kept coming and coming, harder and longer than any human man could have ever shot a load. He wrapped his strong, lithe fingers around my neck and forced his still-jizzing cock back into my ass, where he continued to shoot his hot semen. I arched my back and jerked my ass backwards to take him deep inside me. The screeching got so loud that it hurt my ears, but I was so caught up in the moment that it didn't bother me. I felt his cold, long fingers slapping my ass as he began to, to slowly uh, to slow his rocking and rivulets of slender man cum were dripping down my legs. I spun around to confront my otherworldly lover and force some kind of explanation out of him as to what happened to Molly. To my shock, he was holding up a giant bit of poster board, almost like a cue card upon which was written, that was hot. I agree, I said, rising to my feet and toweling the cum off my legs and ass. I turned to throw the towel over a rack so it didn't get my carpet all cummy. And when I turned back, the Slender Man was gone. What the hell, I said, jumping at the shock of finding him missing. Suddenly I heard loud rattling coming from my closet. In a state of shock, I walked over to the closet door, still naked, and threw it open in a rush. There on the floor sat Molly. Oh my God, Vanessa, she cried. I can't believe what just happened. Me either, I said, smiling. She looked me up and down, her eyes thirstily absorbing my young, taut body. You too, huh? God, I haven't been fucked like that in ages, she said. No offense, of course. None taken, I said, pulling my robe back on. After all, it's not every day you fuck an ancient supernatural being. Too bad, Molly said, laughing. Once you've had Slender Man, all else pales in comparison. Pales, get it? (laughs) Let me see, I said, wrapping my arms around Molly's sexy, firm body, if I can get you to rethink those words. Outside, staring in the window, I could see a featureless face watching me as I undid Molly's bra, and I knew that from now on, the Slender Man would always be watching, waiting for his next chance to strike. Molly might not realize it yet, but the two of us were now his proxies, and if the Slender Man wanted, he could have us whenever he willed it, whenever he wished. He could penetrate us with his long, thin, supernatural cock. There were, I thought, Worst fates. He had a fucking wily coyote sign. Like <laughs> all I pictured was that scene in the office when Pam stands up with the sign during the fire drill and is like, "Hot, 
hot. That's all. <laughs> That's all I pictured when you said that. <laughs> the book is horrifying. It's scary. It's a scary book. And then they do that. Oh, fuck. That's how the book ends. Oh, but up until that point, like, she's getting raped and it's horrible and he's screeching like a pterodactyl. And then that happens. <laughs> so that was Savaged by the Slender Man by Bitch Williams. Uh, pick it up. It's part of the Kindle Unlimited service okay well i really feel better about my choice of reading for this week because i'm gonna end us on a tender tender moment um, because we really fucking need it so Mm -hmm. this is when uh bradley has ran away on cooper's motorcycle they're at the little diner and they're starting to realize like oh hey we we gonna fuck so don't let those guys get to you They just like picking up people who are weaker than them. Just because I'm a rabbit doesn't make me weak. I could outrun them if I wanted to. Why didn't you run? Cooper raised his eyebrows quizzically. I know how a wolf's mind thinks and I didn't want them to think of me as weak or as prey. Smart and sexy. I like that. Cooper's mouth tipped up in a smile. You're not like the others I met. If I was going to fall for a wolf, it would be easy to fall for you. I think I will take that as a compliment. Cooper removed his sunglasses and set them on the table. It was easy feeling comfortable in Bradley's company. I didn't mean it as an insult. Bradley stared at Cooper spellbound for a moment. You have the most beautiful, gorgeous eyes I've ever seen on a wolf. (laughs) Thank you. The compliment felt good, but he was a little cautious. His white fur was a trademark for his family, and he kept his eyes and blonde hair covered so strangers wouldn't recognize him. Most wolf shifters had dark eyes and dark hair, but he stood out with his blue eyes and blonde hair. Cooper didn't want to be liked for who his family was, but for who he was. I like you too, for a rabbit. How can you be sure if you like me if you don't even know me? I know what I feel, and there's definitely something between us, something I am for sure you feel too. Bradley sparked a protective instinct in Cooper, and he wanted to feel that electric charge he felt when they touched again. He wanted to see if it was something he just imagined, or if it was real and would last. I want you, Bradley. I am dangerous to you as any of the wolves back on the ranch. There are things I want to do to you. Things I have never wanted to do to any other man before. Fuck me. You don't mean to eat me, do you? Bradley gasped. His mouth was left just slightly open. Strong, kissable lips. Cooper licked his bottom lip, holding back his lust. He was stuck with the sudden, strong desire to kiss Bradley. (laughs) Bradley was so damn cute, and it was affecting Cooper in a bad way. His cock was straining for attention, but he didn't want to be rude and force himself on Bradley. Yeah, slender man. Uh, so Brad- rude. <laughs> Bradley looked like he could bolt from him at any second, and the last thing Cooper wanted was for the sexy man to run away from him. Then he'd be forced to chase him down. Cooper slipped his hand in his pocket and nudged his cock aside to gain a little more comfort. Get out of here. <laughs> I couldn't eat anyone as gorgeous as you, but I could take you up on the first offer. I'd love to fuck you. Feel the slide of my cock in and out of your tight ass. There's just something I have to do first. I need to taste you. Cooper leaned over the table and caught Bradley's mouth in his first kiss. It surprised Bradley, but then his lips softened and he opened to him. Bradley's lips were surprisingly soft, and he shivered when Cooper pressed him inside, deepening the smoldering kiss. When he finally pulled away, both men were breathing harder, letting Cooper know neither of them were unaffected by the kiss. It was just a kiss. What would happen if he acted on his impulse to do more? <laughs> then they fuck at the shagging cabin. Nice. N- now, 
while you're Julie, you read queer Zootopia fanfic. <laughs> sure did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're absolutely correct. Someone took Zootopia. Yeah. <laughs> and it was it's truly commentary on race between the different shifters. So that tracks with Zootopia. Right. Uh little bunny rabbit and a little friendly wolf having a little friendly game of tag up in the old cabin. Soup's cute. So very corny, um, but you know, cute and then aggressive fucking, but very much extremely, extremely consensual, unlike fucking Slender Man. Ugh. Ugh. So that was a Halloween hunt by Missy Lyons, part of the Halloween Treats collection. And uh, yeah, I definitely recommend you head on over to our socials because you will see a very jacked man just like laying in bed with uh let's just say a sheet very strategically placed over his bits so if you want some eye candy uh trick or treat motherfuckers i got you <laughs> yeah you can ignore mine it's just like this drawing of slender man in the background and a woman in a bikini in front of him <laughs> she really doesn't <sighs> she i'm never wears so a bikini. I'm so sorry. Your book was terrible. And I'm sorry to our listeners because for the whole month of October, we have some bingo cards that you should go and download from our Instagram and Twitter. Uh, And there weren't a lot of bingos to get from this week. Uh, I mean, there were shifters and some animals and stuff, but yeah, there should have been monsters. For someone who read a book from a monsters collection, I'm disappointed for you, Renee. You know what? Let's just like, for people who are actually listening, you can use the following words. Witch, pumpkin, <laughs> bat, or COVID from a bat. Those are your free words. Oh, there so you if go. you listen to this whole episode, you can use those three words on your bingo cards. That's how much we I'll allow it. Yeah. Well, we're just feeling generous today because Renee got screwed and she doesn't want you to get screwed too. So yeah. um, I have high hopes for next week. My book is very long. The cover is very funny. Um, I'm excited. Next week's book. For sure, people are going to get a bingo. A hundred percent, they're going to get a bingo. So if you don't get it, if you missed out this week, don't worry. Next week, I got you. Amazing. I am. Oof. We're nearly done, though. I know. It's almost I, the end of our October. I would be happy if our October went on forever. I Every day could be a October. Every day is a October if you carry it in your heart, Renee. Um, that's what you need to know. You're right. You know what? You're absolutely right. Thank you. I try real hard. Well, as much as your book was hot garbage, it was nice chatting with you. It was so nice chatting with you. Do you want to sing us out? Yup. Ravage love. Ravage love. Bye. Bye. Artwork for the podcast was created by Karen McKnight. Special thanks to Press Start to Join for production assistance. For gaming and tech news, search Press Start to Join or on social media at PS, the number two, J Show. Connect with us online at Ravage Love on Instagram and by email at ravagelove.podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm.